Welcome back. This is another podcast from the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. I'm Erin Collins and have the privilege of serving as its executive director. Joining me today as my co-host is Alan Wilkett, retired corporal with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office and board member of the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. Alan, thanks for joining me. It's my pleasure to be here again today for this particular episode, because again, we're talking about how we collaborate as a community to end human trafficking. So in this episode, we'll hear from Andrew Collins with Career Source Florida about their involvement with the 100% Club, which is a challenge to businesses and organizations around the state of Florida uh, to proactively train their employees on the potential signs and indicators of human trafficking. Let's learn more from Andrew. Joining us today on the podcast is Andrew Collins with Career Source Florida. Thank you for joining us. Andrew. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell our audience a little bit more um, about Career Source Florida and what you guys are focused on? Absolutely. Currently, I serve as the Chief Operating Officer, Chief Financial Officer of Career Source Florida, and we are the Workforce Policy and Investment Board for the state of Florida. We have 24 local workforce development boards throughout the state with over 100 career centers. Collectively, that makes up the Career Source Florida network, as we like to call it. And the Career Source Florida Network connects employers with qualified, skilled talent and Floridians with employment and career development opportunities. This increases economic self-sufficiency and prosperity for everybody. Andrew, uh, Career Source Florida is a statewide organization and is comprised of local regional workforce boards. Can you tell me a little bit more about what they do um, and how they interact with members of the public? Absolutely. As a network, we have 24 local workforce development boards all throughout the state with over 100 career centers. And these career centers really are the front line of services, whether that is business services. If you're a local business and you're coming in to try to attract talent or or advertise your job, or if it's an individual participant service like resume help, trying to find a job, job search criteria, Um, eligibility for different programs that could include free training, highly subsidized training, or even other social service benefits like SNAP and TANF. Career Source Florida is a member of the Florida Attorney General's 100% Club, which is a campaign focused on challenging the business community to proactively train their workforce and their employees. Why did you all get involved? Why was it so important to you know, help raise awareness on this important topic? That's a great question. We've been uh, you know, sort of aware of the initiative since the legislation was passed in, uh, in 2019 and obviously very impressed with the progress that you guys have been making. So it was really when we saw a press release come out with an inaugural class of 100% club members uh, that it got, it got real for us. And we said, we want to be in this club, too. Uh, We, as an investment board here at the state level, are relatively small. We have approximately 25 full-time staff members, so it was an easy decision for uh, for the CEO, my boss, and I to to meet and say this is on our training plans for every one of our staff. And obviously, that's the criteria to get in that 100% club, which we immediately did in, in a very short period of time. I think uh, within uh, two months or so, two, three months, we're able to make sure that all of our employees took the training and got certified. And then we actually officially submitted 
the uh, the paperwork to be part of the 100% Club, and we we joined that in uh, early spring of 2022 here. So incredibly proud and uh, and just really important that our staff has that frontline introduction to this topic and and know that they even as individuals can be eyes and ears throughout the state. And I think just underscores our um, uh, confirmation that this is an important topic. It's something that we can all individually contribute to. Most definitely. You mentioned the regional workforce boards throughout the state. They interact with, you know, countless members of the community, you know, day in, day out. As you were going through the training at the statewide level, what were the discussions with those, you know, local workforce boards to, you know, let them know, inform them about this important initiative to increase awareness statewide? Um, and how did you all encourage them to get involved? Because I know there are several um, regional boards across the state that have also become members of the 100% Club and have completed that. So how did the, how did those discussions go um, with your folks uh, throughout throughout the state? Yeah, it actually kicked off uh, sort of uh, as most administrative things do. We were able to bring this up on a lot of working calls and let them know that this was a state level initiative that we had participated in. So there was a fair amount of education and just um, amplification of the of your message and how the training was. And in relatively short order, there was a, a fair amount of um, uh, interest from many of the local workforce boards. And we, you know, see our role a lot as being able to, you know, amplify that message and make sure that the local boards understand that this is something uh, to, to be involved in. Uh, throughout those 100 career centers, they obviously interact with many, many more frontline customers, job seekers and businesses than we do on a daily basis here in Tallahassee. So really, that's where our horsepower gets laid down and that traction happens and, and actually implementing a lot of the good training. So it really started from uh, working groups uh, and conversations that we had individually with a lot of the local executive directors. And obviously we, uh, we want those who are highly motivated to take the training and implement it as a daily best practice in their own organizations. So I think you're right, we've, we've had some success and have continued to you know, beat that drum and make sure that everybody knows that that this is something that uh, takes continual um, learning and implementation. And, and obviously, it's just something that as technologies develop and, and uh, new trends emerge, that's something to just be constantly vigilant about. No, I agree. Um, how has the training been received by the employees? What feedback have you all received? I think the most consistent feedback, obviously I took it and all of our employees here took it as well as some of those uh, local boards. I think the most consistent feedback that I've heard is, is how real it is. This is a real topic. You know, obviously it's a serious matter and I don't know that everybody had sort of fully comprehended, you know, the impact and the scale and sort of just the, um, um, severity of some of these topics. So I think that there is, there's the appropriate amount of, of real life that's included in the training. Uh, and there's just no way ar around that, I don't think. And I know you guys work really hard to balance out the, you know, the severity and the real life aspect within counterbalanced with what you can do and proactive measures to take. Um, 
But but that, in my mind, was really one of the more consistent feedback uh, comments that I heard was, you know, a lot of reactions like, oh, I, just, I never knew or, wow, that's, you know, additional, you know, even something as simple as street slang or, you know, the way that it's actually talked about or um, I know there's a campaign to do uh, focus on truck drivers because they see so much of the state and obviously are just, uh, you know, constantly vigilant and, and really situationally aware. Like that's an important thing. And we've been able to sort of infuse some of this into our CDL training. So an obvious connection point there. Um, but, you know, I, I think by and large staff have sort of expressed that, you know, wow, I never knew moment with these are things that you can can actually do proactively. And then I think, honestly, there's a new appreciation from most people who take this training as to sort of our default position, our every day and how, you know, that's not the case for uh, a lot of other folks. Uh, so that's the, the serious aspect. And that's something that we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, no, that's some some interesting feedback. I think the thing that, you know, we really try to convey and impress upon individuals who, you know, join the 100% club and, and take the Florida Alliance training is human trafficking is not the stereotypes or some of the myths that we see in entertainment or on social media. And it really dispels those in, you know, again, to your point and the feedback from um, those local employees, those real world scenarios that any given individual going about our day, we're going to the grocery store, we're going to get gas. We probably see things that we don't know could be something, but for this training, we have been equipped with fact-based information which is so crucial for law enforcement to, you know, receive that information, um, whether through, you know, anonymous tip to, you know, a non-emergency hotline or even, you know, 911, the, na the National Human Trafficking Hotline. They need that information to be able to investigate and to look into, you know, what you might have seen when you were leaving the grocery store. Um, and so I think that the thing that we always, you know, really enjoy hearing, um, you know, as you stated from those employees is, it's real world and it's not the white vans with no windows driving around the corner, um, snatching up people. There are so many different ways that, um, you know, we might put ourselves in a situation unbeknownst to us, but if we have the appropriate training, the fact-based training, we might be able to prevent something from happening or stop it if it's, you know, already occurring. I, I totally agree. And as, as a just sort of a side note, a personal story, I was traveling to some of our locations uh, in the Tampa Bay area, but I was literally pulled over and uh, I went to um, the Sunshine State Parkway Bridge, a pretty big bridge. So I pulled over just to take a little break before we kind of continued on going south. And there were a lot of signage around. And had I not taken the... Um, the training course, I don't know that I really would have sort of understood the signage that was right there alerting people to be, you know, uh, aware of what situation is around you. So the, the, in a way, the training made the world that I encountered right there at that rest stop on the Sunshine State Parkway Bridge just make more sense. And I literally had a moment where I was uh, you know, prompted and then did sort of stop, take a look around. And then, like you say, 
it's one thing to have a gut feeling. It's another thing to actually notice and remember details that are useful for uh, law enforcement or any other any other uh, real world scenarios where where somebody could be impacted. Yeah, Andrew, you mentioned the the signage um, while you were recently traveling. I think that's another really important component for communities to help increase awareness um, collectively. You know, there are so many different signs in, you know, ports of entry. So our airports, um, our cruise ports, um, uh, uh, different rest stops, you know, the turnpike throughout the state of Florida. And we want to be able to, in a, in a, in a nondescript and or um, kind of normalized way, if you will, the, the human trafficking hotline number and um, uh, information for people to seek help or to, you know, report suspicious activity. Um, there are a lot of great ways that um, local governments are doing that throughout the state of Florida. Uh, the law changed several years ago um, for those local municipalities to um, put the signage out. Um, and again, it's the consistency. So um, there is no harm that is being done by putting up a sign, you know, putting up a sticker in the bathroom, um, you know, a poster in, um, you know, a rest stop, um, because the goal is to stop human trafficking and to stop exploitation. And we do that by different means um, uh, and methods of, of raising awareness. And that signage is so important to do so. I, I totally agree that uh, honestly, one of the biggest benefits of the training was that I was instantly, the signage was instantly recognizable. It resonated and, and harkened back to the training. I understood it. It was uh, a, you know, obviously a professional uh, sign and, and very well placed. But, you know, the, having taken the training, I was instantly able to understand and then know and be reminded again that this is what I'm here to do as uh, as somebody who has taken that training as part of the 100 percent club. So I think those continual public service announcements and, and having that um, information widespread is, is a crucial part of your sort of total campaign. And then, of course, that breaks through digital frontiers as well. So I know this is both. Um, a function of you know our physical signage throughout the world as we as we interact, but then also our digital lives. So just the familiarity with the expectation and and recognition of that training, I think, was um, was a major benefit. So with all the local workforce boards throughout the state, um, you know, as you mentioned, there are you know people through those various communities coming in and out. Um, of those local offices, you know, every weekday to gain resources, reemployment, um, educational opportunities. Um, what are some of the things that from this training, um, you and those employees um, have gained basically some best practices that they can remember um, as individuals are coming into, you know, those local offices, you know, to avoid a potentially exploitive situation or um, to use some of that information that they've gained through the training? Yeah, I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but just to be aware and really, um, you know, interact with that client, which I know uh, we do in our local offices, but just even to have that in, a, in your mental checklist of things to be aware of, you know, it might actually explain, you know, some amount of behavior or if there's a, um, a dynamic that just seems slightly off with a, a group of people. Um, obviously one of the, the best practices is if possible to be able to, you know, have side conversations or try to separate out group dynamics. Um, not always possible, but, you know, obviously being able to 
just get a little more information um, and especially in some of the areas I know we've talked about um, uh, different areas of the state and specifically with the, the CDL and truck driving initiatives but we also serve a, a vast amount of agricultural areas throughout the state and and Florida has a, a, a vast swath of, of rural areas and obviously one group of um, of our of our potential eligible clients and and just in general are, are um, farm workers. So it's just knowing that these dynamics happen and then as they come in for any government service, being able to to just recognize those those classic uh, signs and then know to pay attention. And obviously after the training, you're able to kind of make that determination if it needs to be elevated to some other concern or case note or letting authorities know. Uh, but but I think that kind of just covers it as far as being aware enough to understand <clears throat> some of those signs, um, seeing people come in, especially if there's uh, a withholding of information. A lot of times, like there should be easy questions to answer that that's really not. So in the intake process, as as we go about, you know, eligibleizing our participants for for government services. There's a whole host of information that that should be readily available. One of those classic red signs, like if if things aren't being forthcoming or are unavailable, it's clearly an indication that something else may be going on. Um, but we're especially sensitive, and I've been talking with many of our local workforce boards in those rural agricultural areas because I know that's a um, that's a big, big potential pipeline into into this world. In the line of work that your local um, career source employees, um, when they're interacting with the public, um, what do you think some some of the sorts of questions that they might be asking those individuals who are coming in, say specifically to gain um, resume um, assistance or you know be looking for employment? What are some of the questions that that they ask these potential clients um, that might? offer some information um, that could be, you know, potentially suspicious? Yeah, I, I think the the process, especially at the local workforce board level, is really sort of a long interview process. There is a bit of in intensive case management that's being initiated and then ongoing. So that's why it's really critical to train these, these frontline staff because they really do have uh, a lot of time interacting with each participant, things like, where do you live? Like how stable is your, is your home life? You know, obviously there are follow-up appointments being made. There is a real relationship that is starting to be built. And, and those kind of very specific questions, not only about where you live, you know, your prior employment history, you know, what your goals are, you know, where do you see yourself or what your interest is as far as training or the, the future you like those can all be very uh, good markers for whether or not somebody is fully engaged, thinking about tomorrow. You know, honestly, as, as I have taken the training and, and thought through the potential of, of actually witnessing this in person, you know, somebody's ability to sort of see themselves in the future is, is a very important marker. If somebody feels that there just is no tomorrow, that's a huge red flag. And these workers, these caseworkers at the local uh, boards are able to sit down and really get to know uh, each one of these clients uh, 
to obviously to best match them with successful training, successful job uh, app openings, and, and make sure that they are on that pathway to prosperity. So there's just no way around them starting to develop uh, that relationship and be able to observe those uh, those kind of criteria that that just sort of feel like somebody is engaged and looking forward to to bettering themselves. I, I will say that um, as you were describing their role, these individuals are wearing many hats. So for someone who's coming in seeking employment, um, you know, going through that interview process and follow up process, um, it's it could be a lifeline for these individuals. Um, and they also, you know, probably play a little counselor, um, and, and a trusted ear. So that's why I think it's, you know, so incredible that, you know, Career Source Florida and these, you know, local boards have taken the challenge to train, you know, 100% of their employees, you know, with this, um, awareness campaign because they, they're again, interacting with members of the community, business owners, individuals who, you know, are seeking, um, you know, job assistance and have the real ability to potentially see something and stop something from happening. So I think it's um, such a vital role that they play throughout our state. Yeah, just to follow up a little bit, we've actually had a lot of success over the last uh, couple of years with what we are calling this uh, this navigator position. So obviously, we're making state level funding available at all the local boards to have you know specific quote-unquote navigators to actually do more intensive case management. And those can often be for for specific populations, whether that's uh, disabled or veterans or single mothers or, or, you know, like obviously anybody who is going to benefit from that intensive case management, that therapy, you know, for lack of a better word, that that really is the whole point. And there's no doubt it's hard work. Actually, there's there's a real resistance and it takes it's a function of time to be able to build up that trust and rapport to be able to open up to somebody and, you know, and actually you know get on on a different path, whether that's training or employment. But but that's what's so critical to those frontline staff seeing some of these dynamics being on the lookout for it. So as they are having these re- repeat interactions with with clients uh, so important that um, that they're able to you know monitor for all sorts of things, um, and not the least of which these navigators are also able to connect to other assistants. So obviously, CareerSource Florida and our CareerSource Florida network we're focusing on training and getting back to employment. But there's also uh, many many programs available for substance abuse, for uh, you know temporary assistance for needy families, for you know, nutritional aspects. So there is a, a whole a whole person approach that that we like to take. And oftentimes those frontline workers are the most knowledgeable about other programs, whether they're uh, local to that specific area or statewide uh, that can benefit each client. Yeah, you mentioned um, what we like to characterize as a trained observer. So we might have um, information about a situation but we don't have context. So while, you know, individuals, clients are coming into, you know, your local offices, the, you know, career source officials, you know, are are presenting them information, chatting with them, they can see the full picture. Whereas, you know, if you're going into a restaurant, you know, and you're a patron, you're sitting down at a table, you don't know what's going on, you know, in the kitchen. Um, So you might, 
have a, a feeling or a sense that something, you know, is a miss, a miss, but you need that additional context. So it's so important as you, you know, mentioned and, and outlined for, for those employees as they've gained the knowledge um, as a trained observer to be able to share that, um, you know, with law enforcement, should they suspect anything, um, you know, is, is potentially suspicious. Recognizing, as you stated, Andrew, um, some of the potential signs and indicators of human trafficking is so important. And it's good to remember that some of these signs are um, visual, um, they could be verbal, um, they could be physical. So, um, you know, there are individuals who are in an exploitive um, trafficking situation that have physical signs of abuse, like burns or tattoos, um, you know, markings, different cuts. Um, uh, is an individual who, you know, people might have known prior to their behavior changing, is their attire changing as well? Are they, you know, less appropriately dressed um, than before? Or on the other side, they're covering something up um, and don't want, you know, their their skin to show. People also um, have the, the signs that sometimes um, are behavioral. Uh, are they withdrawn? Are they depressed? Um, you know, for, for minor students and children, um, is someone missing school or, or not attending those sports practices or, or church services? Um, you know, there's so many different signs and indicators and not every sign or indicator is present in a human trafficking situation. Um, again, but it is a good reminder that some are, are physical that we can see and then some are behavioral um, you know, with an individual as well. So individuals who suspect something suspicious or potentially exploitive is going on, we always urge people to call the National Human Trafficking Hotline. That number is 888-373-7888. Um, or if you suspect something is happening and someone is in, you know, imminent danger, law enforcement wants you to call 911. Um, they can't investigate um, or pursue um, leads if they don't have that information. So it's so important to you know send those tips to the National Human Trafficking Hotline or to call 911 or your local law enforcement. Um, what would you tell an organization or a company that is interested about the 100% Club, interested in learning more about human trafficking and how to protect their community? Why has it been so so valuable and impactful? for Career Source Florida to get involved and engaged um, with this campaign? Yeah, I think most of the advice that I would give any company, whether it's um, a for-profit entity or a not-for-profit or a government agency, is you know there is, there is a collective responsibility that each of us have as organizations. And I think that's, that's probably that, that servant leadership that we all sort of aspire to become. I think that's a big one just right out of the gate. Um, but secondarily, I think that the, you know, as we talk about, obviously we're in the employment <clears throat> training business and, you know, retention of employees is so critical right now and being able to attract talent, making sure that everybody has that room to grow and, and the, the social responsibility side, I, I think is something that, uh, many, uh, employees really crave. And I think this is a useful outlet to be able to say look, this you're part of a larger community. And even though we're here within this organization, you know, I've dealt with many companies who have a very robust training programs, you know, whether that's specific to their industry or process or if it's a recognition of a larger dynamic as this is, um, you know, one of our 
core values, I think, as a network is that that idea of, of continuous learning. And, and this certainly fits into that as far as, you know, being aware of new dynamics, always learning new things, being able to apply the, that knowledge and, and, you know, not to sound too Pollyanna, but making the world a slightly better place, I think, in the process, um, which, which is really uh, part, at least part of the goal of almost every corporate training program. Like you, you want good employees who, uh, who can contribute not only to you know, the individual bottom line of a company, but also to their community uh, and then state and, and country. So this is, this is a, a very important uh, uh, training aspect, I believe. Well, and I agree, um, and I don't think it is Pollyanna. Um, you know, the the goal is that in you know closer than a generation, we can increase awareness where you know people are making those phone calls, sending a text to the national hotline, um, and we're you know eradicating you know not just the state of Florida, but globally, collectively with other organizations um, and government and businesses. Um, you know, the exploitative nature that is human trafficking. Um, I want to thank you, Andrew and Career Source Florida for becoming a member of the 100% Club. Um, we're grateful for that servant leadership um, and your dedication um, to making Florida a safer um, place for all to live, work and play. So again, thank you, Andrew Collins with Career Source Florida for joining us today. Wow. Um, I'm sure you learned a lot about what CareerSource Florida as a statewide organization is doing to train its employees, but it was wonderful to learn how they have encouraged all their regional and local workforce boards to become members of the 100% Club and train their employees. You know, career source members um, across the state are interacting with members of the community for reemployment, for job services, whether that's, you know, um, assisting with um, resumes, um, seeking other um, services like housing. Um, so they're having a, a consistent interaction with members of the community where they might see something. So I think it's wonderful that, that they've been so proactive in training their employees throughout the state. Yeah, and I, th I think you said it well. It, oftentimes, we we think about industries and we look at uh, truckers make sense. Um, sometimes it's it's easy to say, well, this particular like Uber or or truckers or uh, some of these others, it makes sense for them to be trained. Career source. It just goes to show that no matter what your industry is, you play a vital part in ending human trafficking. As you said, uh, employment opportunities, reemployment, reentry into the job uh, market, housing, all of those kind of things are part of that community fabric. And as such, it's important that those that interact in that particular fabric have the training that is necessary to be able to report that suspicious activity to the appropriate places. Once again, establishing in the mind of all of us that everyone plays a vital part because everyone can be an eyes and ears in the community disrupting human trafficking. I found another interesting thing that Andrew mentioned um, is the willingness and the openness for these you know, regional workforce boards to become trained and, and to fill out the application um, at youcanstophht.com 
uh, with the 100% club. There's a lot of different requirements that, you know, businesses place upon their employees. Um, and sometimes those employees resist, but it was nice to hear that the training, the Florida Alliance one hour training has been so well received. And even he mentioned, you know, some of the, the great things, you know, the potential, you know, tips and indicators, the signs of human trafficking, both commercial sex and labor trafficking. It reminded him about the things that that he knows he's seen, um, you know, he's become educated on the topic, but it was a reinforcing message, which I think was so great that he shared. And he talks about very specifically about stopping at the rest area and seeing the signage, uh, recognizing that Florida's requiring uh, all the rest areas as well as other places to have that signage there. Looking at the sign and just that refresher, that reminder, hey, I've been trained in this. I know what to look for. And if I spot this information and these behaviors and indicators, I know also who to call the national hotlines, the the texting to the national hotline, how to respond. And that's one of the pieces that I think is so incredibly important. We look at it in three levels, three tiers. You need to be aware you need to be educated, but you also need to be trained. And the training is that piece that says, look, I know what I'm seeing. I know it looks suspicious, but what do I do with it? And that reminder of I know what to do with that information becomes critically important. What good is the information if I spot it, but don't know what to do with it? And uh, I think we heard today how important that is. Right. And you mentioned the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And again, that number is 888-373-7888 or texting BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E to 233-733. As a retired law enforcement officer, you know so well um, that law enforcement wants tips. They, They need those uh, pieces of information so they can, you know, look into it and begin their investigative report. Um, and if we don't have, you know, the the partnership and the collaborations with members of the community, which includes, um, you know, local organizations like Career Source, you know, you can't do your good work. So it was great to learn more about how uh, they're encouraging their employees to become more proactive. And as law enforcement, I have received those tips. As law enforcement, I have received the emails from the National Human Trafficking Hotline from Polaris that says, hey, we received this on our on our hotline. It was critically important to have a reporting mechanism, to have a, an ability to receive that into law enforcement so that we can do something about this. I, as law enforcement, can't do something about something I don't know about. But having the community, the business community, the community at large engaged in doing something about this, eyes and ears and reporting. Now I can do something about that. And that's why the community, all of us are important in this fight to end human trafficking. Well, Alan, I want to thank you again for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Alan Wilkett, retired corporal with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office and board member of the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. This has been another podcast from the Florida Alliance to End Human Trafficking. Mm-hmm.